Hi, I'm Austin. I'm Alex. And you're listening to One Last Breath, an autopsy of awful albums. Where we discuss controversial, bizarre, divisive, and downright abysmal albums. Today's episode, we'll be covering the eighth studio album uh, by the pop punk legends Blink-182, California. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking ready for this one. Oh my god, California was the band's first release to not include uh, founding member Tom DeLongcock. <laughs> uh, after he left the group. <laughs> uh, to be replaced by Matt uh, Skibidi Toilet. <laughs> Skibidi Whoop. <laughs> wait, okay, that's what the fuck is that? I don't understand it's, that um, meme. Because I know they've been doing the Scatman thing, and then people are like, oh my god, it's a Skibidi Toilet reference. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? So it's a fucking, it's like a Gary's Mod. Do you remember when Gary's Mod memes were big? They're yeah. Back. Yeah. And they're back in fucking pog form. <laughs> really? Yeah, I haven't watched Skibidi Toilet, but it's apparently just like. <laughs> The fucking, um, I think it's the scout from Team Fortress. It's like his head in a toilet singing the scat man. Okay. Huh. I haven't watched it. It sounds fucking stupid and something that I would want to watch while really high. Yeah. Yeah, because it was just, it literally would just have that part of the scat, of the scat man song, whatever the fuck it's called, like highlighted it and people are like, oh my god, skibbity toilet. I'm like, what the fuck does this mean? Matt skibbity bebop. Uh, but Matt Skiba, Alpine Trio, leaving the whole era of the band that left band perception split. It was pretty split. Split in twain. Not the His mark wife, kind. <laughs> torn to shreds, you say. <laughs> uh, starting all the way back at the beginning. Uh, Blink was found... I'm not going to say the fucking numbers every time. You have to, bro. The Lord Blink. You're I ruining guess. the canon! Blink 18.2. <laughs> oh yeah, Blink's a different band. We should talk about that band instead Oh, God. Have you listened to Blink? I have not. Neither have I. We should. We should, I think. Well, we'll get into it. I mean, obviously, we, it's, yeah. it's brought up in the script. Yeah, but like that's a, that's a, that's a thing that people know about. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. Uh, found it all the way back in 92 in northern San Diego suburb of Poway, California. Uh, guitarist and vocalist. <laughs> vocalist. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> you did? <laughs> no, that was an accident. You also said suburb weird. You were like, suburb. <laughs> I also said Poway. <laughs> Poway. Um, but guitarist and vocalist Tom DeLonge performed at the Battle of the Bands competition in Rancho Bernardo High School, where he was introduced to drummer Scott Rayner. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> so Not Travis. Carrie Key, who <laughs> introduced Tom and Scott to his girlfriend Anne's brother, bassist and vocalist Mark Hoppus. That's a real guy. That's a real guy. That's a real guy. Uh, Hoppus, He's confirmed real guy. <laughs> confirmed real guy. Hoppus and DeLonge clicked instantly over their love of punk man, The Descendants. Uh, in the early days, they used a few different short-lived names such as Duct Tape and Figure Eight before setting on Blink. Hoppus actually left the band for a short time after his girlfriend at the time gave him the ultimatum of her the band. He quickly realized that she sucked <laughs> and promptly rejoined. The band soon recorded their first EP, Flyswatter, released in May of 93. They fucking recorded something without uh, Travis? Yeah, bro, you didn't, you didn't know? Dude Ranch doesn't have Travis. What? The one that has Damn It. Look at the drums kind of suck. Yeah, there's also, there's a very, Wait, very... first date? Or first date sort of... No, first, first date's, date's different... take okay. off your pants and jacket. Enema of the State was the first one with Travis. Okay. But, yeah, then there's also, there's like a part of the Blink fandom that, like, full-heartedly, non-ironically believes that Scott is a better drummer than Travis. Yeah, I don't... I don't see... I can think of very few drummers better than Travis. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, the Rev... <laughs> Uh, the guy from Anthrax. Neil Peart from Rush. Neil Peart. Um, I, w- I would put Travis above the Rev if we're being completely 100% so. honest. I, I recently re-listened to a lot of old Avenged Sevenfold and the band was fucking insane. No, I mean, I 
I don't know. Try, I, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard to compare, especially yeah, the, you, between genres and shit. I mean, really get, like, I mean Travis is definitely songs. the best punk drummer ever. Yeah. Probably uh, the only one that has any cult of candle is uh, Brooks Wackerman. Yeah. Because yeah, he, he's really good. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, <laughs> uh, other drummers that like Ringo is technically better. Then uh, just because he's like the perfect metronome. <clears throat> no. Yeah. Uh, it's, like skill wise, it, it's like Travis is better. Than, yeah. Than him skill wise, but like as in the realm of drumming, the greatest thing you can be is on time a hundred percent of the time, and that's a Ringo star. True. Um, Even if his kit only had like five pieces. <laughs> so they soon began playing shows almost every weekend, gaining a small following. At the time, Hoppus was working in a record store. His manager funded studio time for Blink to record another demo at local studio Double Time. The result was Buddha, released in January '94, which the band considers their first album. I haven't listened to Buddha. Uh, I've heard some songs off of it. Yeah, they're uh, every song except for like one or two was re-recorded for Cheshire Cat, which is their technical debut album. Yeah. And I think one song was re-recorded for Dude Ranch. So, so it's, it's kind basically of like, it's kind of like Fall Through self-titled versus Doppelganger. Kinda, except this is more. I don't really know why they consider it a, their first album because I mean it's a demo. <laughs> It's good for what it is, but, like, every song is better on Cheshire Cat re-recorded, <laughs> so. No. Does Cheshire Cat, Cheshire Cat still has, uh, Scott. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Fucking Scott Yim. <laughs> yeah, it was Can you him. imagine Blink-182 with Scott Yim? <laughs> <laughs> that would be insane, for no reason. It'd be a lot of chugging. <laughs> oh, this is off-fucking topic, but I feel like I have to share it with the world. I finally realized what I would do if I had a time machine. Okay. I would go back in time. To see the first show from the Collision Course tour. That would be sick. That's what I would do. I would probably... That would be a good choice. I would also go to see a show at the Pop Disaster Tour, which was when Blink toured with Green Day and New Found Glory. That sounds pretty sick. But like, In like 2000. You can see all those bands still. They're, I will never see Linkin Park again. I mean, that's and a... I will never pay to see Jay-Z because I don't think he's that good. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but seeing them together would be insane. I mean, that shit went fucking hard. Um, there's some buzz around Buddha gaining attention of local label Cargo Records. Blink signed to Cargo and soon hit the studio to record their official studio debut, Cheshire Cat, on February 17th of 95. Cheshire Cat is a landmark release in the skate punk scene. It grew the band to a bigger audience as singles Eminem and Eminem's and Wasting Time gained popularity on local airplay. Blink toured relentlessly for the album, venturing outside of California for the first time. Around this time, they were confronted by Irish band Blink for their name. Come <laughs> the band to choose random number 182 to add to the name as they didn't want to bother with a legal battle. There's like a... There was like a long rumor that fucking... They chose 182 because that was the amount of the word fuck used in the god... Father, I think, yeah. or Scar. I think it was yeah, the Godfather. Godfather. Yeah, but that's not even accurate. I'm pretty sure it's like used less than that. <laughs> and, like in interviews, they're just like we just it just sounded cool. <laughs> like it it, it, cool. it just has a has a ring to it. Bleak sixty nine, bro. That, I would not be surprised if they, if they considered that for a bit. <laughs> Blink four twenty, bro. bro. So hilarious. Blink eight oh Blink eight oh eight heartbreak. <laughs> Blink forty one. Some one eighty two. Alternate universe. I don't like that one. 
Blink 41? Fine. Psalm 182? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Seems problematic somehow. <laughs> Psalm 182. Um, a bidding war was soon started for the band between Interscope, MCA, and Epitaph. Uh, the band ultimately sided on MCA after they promised the band's full artistic freedom. 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 Uh, this move obviously caused a lot of their fans to accuse them of selling out. How the fuck do you... They've been a band for what? Three years now? 92 to 90... Yeah. Like, you, you don't... You're not, it's like, you're not fucking selling out if you sign a label. Yeah. Within three years. Because fucking, I don't know, selling out stupid anyways. Yeah, fucking selling out's not real. I love, I love punk, but punk fans can be fucking cringe. It's not called selling out, it's called, I don't know, trying to make a living off your fucking art. Yeah, it's like, oh no, he wants to be able to, to not fucking live in the van all year round. Oh no, my man wants more than toast? Fuck him. <laughs> pretty much, that's pretty much the mindset. That mindset. Oh, you don't want to drink shitty beer and sleep outside of dumpsters? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> You fucking bitch. <laughs> fucking loser. Uh, after more non-stop touring, Blue Vanity 2 hit the studio to record their major label debut, Dude Ranch. Coming out on June 17th, 97. Dude Ranch is another seminal release. I don't like the word seminal. You don't like it? No, it's very... Cinnamon. Very phallic. <laughs> I do not get that at all. Seminal. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Um, seminal. It was featuring catchy pop tunes to the lyrics about the struggles of growing up, relationship problems, and enough dick and balls joke to satisfy your average middle school boy. Uh, it received little attention at the time from major outlets, but the attention Dude Ranch did receive was positive, and in ret retrospect has garnered critical praise. Although something slow at first, single Damn It was released to radio, climbing all the way to number 11 on the Billboard Rock Tracks, helping Dude Ranch climb to number 1 on the top Heat Seekers chart and as high as number 67 on the Billboard 200, being certified platinum by the end of the 90s. Uh, Dude Ranch's success was not without its struggles. For the recording of the album, both DeLong and Hoppus were having vocal issues, and Rainer had injuries to both feet sustained after he drunkenly jumped off of a balcony <laughs> at the band's label signing party. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it, we ball. I mean, that's what you do when you're a better drummer than Travis Barker. You jump off of balconies. <laughs> Honestly, that gives, that gives him some drumming cred. <laughs> that gives him some cred. Listen, drummers are insane. True. Every single one of them. A little crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That's a real drumming trend. <laughs> um, then in 98, tension started building during exhaustive touring, and Rainer began drinking heavily, which caused him to get fired from the band that same year while on tour. He was replaced by Travis Barker of the Aquabats, with whom Blink were on tour with at the time. I didn't realize Travis Barker started in the Bats. Yeah, yeah. I didn't is know. still in the Aquabats? No. I mean, I'm, I think Aquabats is one of those bands that kind of uses revolving members, it seems like. Yeah, I found <laughs> Yeah. Um I found that out that he was in there when I read his fucking autobiography. Travis Barker's autobiography. It's really interesting. Um I'll have to read it. Yeah, I I have it if you ever want to borrow it. I haven't read enough music autobiographies. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool, but yeah, whenever he said that, I, he was like, yeah, cuz he was in, you know, random local bands and shit, but Aquabats yeah. was his first like big big band and I was like, I cannot I had to look up images. I was like, I cannot imagine Travis Barker wearing the fucking weird... Are there images of him in the weird... Yeah, in the jumpsuit, whatever the fuck. Does he wear the hat? The hat? I think all of them do. Fuck. <laughs> that's the out. That's the fucking... That's what we're posting on social media for Yeah. <laughs> uh, the trio felt revitalized with Barker added in the mix and hit the studio in 99 to record what would become their breakthrough into the pop culture zeitgeist in Enema of the State, releasing on June 1st of 99. Hey, you were alive for this one. 
You were alive for Dude Ranch. Yeah. Yeah, we got Blink albums on both of our birth years. Except, like, yours was, like, less than a month later. Yeah, about half a month later. <laughs> uh, of the State was a complete realization of everything the band was envisioning in their sound and image. Marker Behind the Kit added something special to the formula, even though he's a worse drummer than Scott. <laughs> uh, and this crafty and inventive drumming helped Blink-22 uh, apart from their contemporaries. Helped set them apart from their contemporaries. Uh, producer of the album, Jerry Finn, who had pe- previously produced Green Day's Breakthrough Dookie. Haha, <laughs> poo poo caca. <laughs> I think it's really fun pronouncing these album titles like you're on uh, the fucking NPR. Oh, yeah, like you're Larry King or something. It's like, uh, Blue Quantity, or Green Day's album, Dookie. Dookie. Enema of the State. <laughs> Pick off your pants and jacket. <laughs> um. But Jerry Finn, who worked on Dookie, also brought this vision to fruition with his Sleek and Pulse production. Upon release, Enema of the State received favorable favorable reception. However, there were some who found it juvenile and far too removed from punk. And as many detractors in the punk scene who wrote it off as bubblegum pop junk. It was, however, gone on to, it has, however, gone on to be considered a game changer in the pop punk genre and an album that perfectly captured what it was like to be a teen in the 90s. In the late 90s. Mega hits all the small things, What's My Age Again, Adam Song, as well as a cameo in the film American Pie propelled Blink to massive heights. It's weird how, like, being in a movie helps some bands, but then there are other bands where it does nothing for. What are some examples? Uh, Sugar Ray. What movie were they in? Uh, there is an entire movie uh, with, I believe, I want to say Robin Williams in it. What the fuck? Uh, that's all about Robin Williams' son's girlfriend breaks up with him to follow sugar ray on tour <laughs> what was this like after they released no. it was before fly and this all that when they were still just a shitty metal band who the fuck who did they have to pay to get that to happen uh the, the label paid like the label did it i was a label trying to break a band out it's really fucking weird because it did nothing what for the sugar fuck? ray but then fucking Smash Mouth ends up in Shrek and yeah. the world masturbates for 20 years about it yeah or fucking cannibal corpse and uh ace ventura yeah, well, yeah, I mean that was that was all fucking um, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Yeah, Jim Carrey was like, I like these guys. Yeah, but I mean that still helped you know get them a pretty big following for death metal at least. Yeah, like it's it's wild that sometimes it works, other times it does fucking nothing. And you know Green Day being in the Simpsons movie, I mean yeah, they, they weren't shit before that, bro. Oh seven, so yeah, something like that. Speaking of the Simpsons, and we're we're gonna be off topic a lot. It's been a while since we've recorded. <laughs> we haven't hung out in a minute. Yeah, we're just releasing our actual conversations. <laughs> um, Blink returned to the studio in two thousand one off the height of their success of the record Take. Off the high of their success yes, to record. Okay. <laughs> off the high of their successful record, Ooh, <laughs> but they recorded Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, released June twelfth of oh uh, one. Uh, Toy Podge <laughs> retained the slick pop punk of Venom of the State, but added elements of post hardcore. Inspired by the likes of Fugazi, The Refused, um, or Fugazi and The Refused. I thought it was more, and I was like, what the fuck band is Hoppus? Hoppus. <laughs> uh, Hoppus and DeLong started to be a contention with one another at this point. Instead of Hollow Notes, Hoppus and DeLong. <laughs> My favorite 80s pop band, Hoppus and DeLong. Build me up. Fuck or not. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that happen now. Um, they started to be in contention with one another at this point, constantly trying to one-up each other with the songwriting. Hoppus was wanting to try to repeat the sound of Enema, while DeLong was wanting to go heavier, leading to the compromise of both styles on Toy Podge. Toy Podge received mixed and positive reception upon release, with some seen as a progression for the band. 
Singles, First Date, and The Rock Show helped Toy Podge become the first pop-punk album to debut at number one on the Billboard. And funny thing about uh, First Date and The Rock Show, apparently the label executive or whoever the fuck, they heard all of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, and they were like, there's no single here. Like, what are we going to put on the radio? So Mark wrote The Rock Show and Tom wrote First Date, like, both in like 10 minutes each and we're like here you go here's your fucking single and then <laughs> lo and behold they're that. like two but now now we have to figure out which one's better between those two between those two um i i think it's i think it's rock show i don't know that's hard they're both I, classics i really like the riff I, of first date yeah I, I i will say i like both of those i like the rock show and first date more than i like all the small things and what's my age again like, if we're going the two big Ooh, singles off those I two albums. I don't know about What's My Age. I think What's My Age Again oh, the small thing. is their best single. Mm, it's not their best. Like, their best song is probably, like, Carousel. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a deep cut. Kind of. Uh, there's not really any blink deep cuts. I mean, yeah. You've... Like, pre... Like, until you get to, like, California and the stuff they've put out recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which we'll go on later, because, I mean, I'm, I'm a massive Blink fan, so we'll get into that later. But, um... I don't know. I mean, all the small things are just overplayed, so I'm like, I don't need to ever hear that song again. Well, yeah, like, so is Nickelback, and, like, Nickelback's still good. I mean, yeah, but... I, I don't... But, yeah, like, all the small things is I think, like one of their weaker songs. Yeah, I think I would pick First Date over The Rock Show, but that's I, really that's really hard. I just think First Date is... It's good. I think it's too formulaic, mm -hmm. which we'll get to is a problem I have with a lot of Blink. Okay. Actually. Hmm. Uh, what's really good is really good. Like, uh, Carousel... Uh, basically, anything that's, like, bass-fronted is incredible. Mm. It's, it's, it's Mark that does bass. Mm -hmm. He's a really good bassist. Yeah, people really... I feel like people act like Tom and Mark both suck at instruments, and Travis is the only musician in the band. Yeah, they're all really... It's the same with Green Day. They're all really talented. Yeah. They've been doing this for 30 fucking years. Yeah. They better be good at it. Exactly. Yeah, Mike Dirt from Green Day is a very underrated bassist, I think. Yeah, fucking... Uh, well, be, I mean, dude, all of his, like, fucking all of Green Day's, well, I'll, I'll say everything pre-American Idiot, it kind of got lost on American Idiot, like him having really innovative bass lines, like, you'll listen to Green, like, older Green Day and you won't really hear it at first, but, like, once you really listen to the bass, it's, like, doing all different, like, he's just fucking doing whatever. Yeah, okay, like, pop punk is a much deeper genre than people think it is. Yeah. Do you know how many pop punk songs have a synth in them that you've never noticed. Yeah, Blink does it a lot. They All have a lot of has a synth. organs, synths, fucking um, bunch of fucking, crazy shit. Uh, Strings. Saturday by Fallout Boy yeah, yeah. has a synth in the chorus. I've never noticed a synth you, in that. You, you can't fucking notice it. Hmm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's pop punk. They're bringing, pop, they're bringing pop, like, pop production to punk music. So, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. It's one of the best genres because of that. Yeah, I fucking love pop punk. But yeah, uh, yeah, go listen to Old Green Day and just tune your ear into the bass and like Mike Dern doesn't follow the guitar whatsoever for most of it. He's just fucking yeah, and that's like, that's, that's punk. doing these groovy ass fucking bass lines. Yeah. A lot of punk did that. Yeah, exactly. Um, between touring for this album, Travis started a rap rock group The Transplants with Tim Armstrong of Rancid to have an outlet for his love of hip hop. Travis also joined Tom in starting Boxcar Racer, a side project that was created to satiate, satiate Tom's desire to make post-hardcore. Boxcar Racer? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. Uh, this caused even more of a rift between Mark and Tom, as Mark felt unsatisfied and cast away by his bandmates. I mean, 
Mark, just play post-hardcore, bro. One thing you will learn about Mark is this man only, he lives and breathes pop-punk, motherfucker. He, like, literally, like, everything he does is fucking pop-punk. Um, God, that just, that just reminds me, have you seen that video that's been going around recently of, like, an 11-year-old on stage with, um, he's, like, 11 to 13, he's on stage with Blink, and they're, do you have any, we'll give you one more chance, do you have any last words, and he just goes, fuck you, and you just, like, I think it's Tom just goes, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. <laughs> God, I'll have to send it. It's so, he just like says whoa like seven times. <laughs> no cursing. What the fuck, bro? No cursing. <laughs> like, that was awesome. <laughs> the man, I, I think it was Mark because that man does live pop punk. Yeah. <laughs> Mark the one with the funny voice. Or is that Tom? Tom Tom's the, Tom's the one with the high pitch voice, yeah. Hello there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, then, then, these new musical explorations and rising tensions paved the way for Blink's next album, Blink-182, on November 18, 2003. The self-titled effort saw the band dabbling in elements of post-hardcore, new wave, alt-rock, and emo, with deeper and more personal lyrics than the band had ever tackled until this point. The musical and lyrical maturity was met with acclaim from critics, with many claiming it the band's best work. It did, however, divide fans at the time, although nowadays it's a pretty common sight to see old Blink fans cite as their favorite of the band's catalog. What, what the fuck is on the self-titled? Uh, feeling this, I miss you. Obvious Stockholm syndrome is probably my favorite from there. Violence, go. That's that's like an album. I, I well, mean, it's got anesthesia on it. Asthenia. Asthenia. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. actually probably my least favorite song from that album. I, I, even though it's good. I like that song. I mean, yeah. It has a song with Robert Smith. All of this. What? Yeah, Robert Smith is on a song I on there. I don't listen to enough fucking Blink. Blink is fucking good, bro. Like I would just, like when I want to listen to Blink, I would just rather listen to Bowling for Soup. Really? Yeah, I I really like Bowling. I'd rather listen to Bowling for Soup or Reliant K or Switchfoot. Hmm. I mean, I like all those bands, but I don't know. Blink is probably I don't know. For me, them and Green Day are like. I was about to ask the Mount Green, Green Day or Blink. I don't know. We'll get into that later. <laughs> like asking the depressed dude to choose between the mountain goats and Mount Erie. <laughs> it can't be done. Um, let's see. Where was I? Uh, at an all-time critical high, Blink-182 announced an indefinite hiatus in February of 05. The hiatus was mainly brought on from Tom growing tired of the band's grueling recording, recording and touring schedules, expressing a desire to spend more time with his family. What a pussy. A <laughs> bitch. During the Stop hiatus, family, Tom bro. found an uh, alt-rock band Angels and Airwaves. Not very good. Uh, yeah, they are. And Morgan Travis, pop punk supergroup, plus 44. Oh, man only knows pop punk. Also, not very good. There's a few decent Better songs. Better than Angels and Airwaves. Yeah, there's a few decent but plus. That's not saying much. Angels and Airwaves has a has like two or three songs that I enjoy, but too, too pretentious for me. <laughs> God, yeah. And I'm pretentious. Yeah, I, I, I just can't get behind it. I listen to art rock. <laughs> Travis also continued his four-way into hip-hop, frequently collaborating and remixing rappers. Uh, just, a, just a heads up to the listeners. Uh, my roommate just messaged me on Facebook uh, to tell me, A&A is fucking garbage. <laughs> well, here, folks. Angel in Airwaves. The people have spoken. Fucking garbage. <laughs> Uh, in 2008, Travis was involved in a plane crash that claimed four victims, leaving him and collaborator Adam Goldstein, a.k.a. DJ Am. Is it DJ Am or DJ Am? Uh, either. I don't know. <laughs> or is it Jum? Jam? Jam? The Jam. <laughs> it's just Jam. 
He's a jam. It's a it's, it's jam. Yeah, jelly. Yeah, jam. jam. <laughs> Travis sustained severe injuries, including second and third degree burns, requiring sixteen surgeries. This tragic event caused Blink One Eighty Two to reconvene and decide to continue forward with making music together. Wow, like the opposite of what happened to Leonard Skinner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty Not much. That Leonard Skinner had a, had a choice. <laughs> also, yeah. it's been fifty years. I can make that. Joke. <laughs> It's been almost 60 years since that happened. Like, I, we, we can joke about it. Yeah. Uh, the band soon announced their reunion at the 09 Grammys and soon embarked on a reunion tour in 09. Uh, a reunion album, Neighborhoods, was marred by conflicting schedules and obligations both inside and outside of the band for all three members. This causes the recording process to be convoluted and prolonged, as most of the albums recorded separately by all three members. <laughs> um, you can do that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Postal Service. Mm-hmm. Incredibly. Yeah. I really I love neighborhoods. Uh, what's on neighborhoods? Up on I after you might you might not know anything from it. I don't know if you've dug that deep into their catalog. Uh, let's see. My favorites are probably oh, Go- yeah, Kaleidoscope, Ghost on the Dance Floor, and Wishing Well. I've listened to a couple Natives. songs on this album. Um, it's really fucking good. I only know because I hate the artwork. Eh, yeah, it's kind of. I really don't like it. It's kind of um, mid. But I lo- I love neighborhoods. I think it worked for them all. Uh, Recording differently. Damn, I can't find. There's no. Oh, the fans won't get that anyways. There's no. There's no pattern in their album release. <laughs> uh, which you'll get. We'll get to eventually. We had to like. We had, we lost a lot of episodes. Like four. Like four episodes. Mm-hmm. What was like a really long episode? Um, and I found a. A pattern in a really well-known musician's album schedule. Yeah, and we'll we'll see if it's if it's continue with his with their next album. <laughs> God, I hope it does. <laughs> Um, Neighborhoods was also self-produced, and the band definitely missed the guidance by producer Jerry Finn, who had produced their previous three albums, as he tragically passed away during the hiatus in 08. Uh, the lengthy recording process from April 09 all the way to July 2011 caused <laughs> the album's release to be delayed all the way until September 27th, 2011. They could have released it 16 days earlier, and it would have been really funny. <laughs> <laughs> ten years, ten years yeah. Day? Yeah. Let's see how guys. Bro, We're like, back. If- I'm mad at the band 10 years. Why? For not releasing an album on September 11th, 2011. Were they a band? Yeah, they were a band at that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well-known Knoxville group 10 years. <laughs> there, are, there are a few well-known Knoxville We're, we're going to do an episode one day about well-known Knoxville groups. <laughs> Two bands. <laughs> uh, there's three. Uh, Brent Smith. I mean, the band, the band Shondown didn't form in Knoxville. Yeah, Robert Smith is from here. Uh, Haley Williams claims this area. Like, we Frank, a few we thought she about. claimed, like, Franklin. She claimed, like, I think <laughs> she was originally from East Tennessee and moved to Franklin. Or maybe she was originally from Franklin and moved to East Tennessee. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, I know that I'm, I'm like, th- like, four degree separation from her. Like, one of my buddies played with the band who used to play with her. Hmm. Interesting. I went to school with her or something. Um, but let's see. Uh, Neighborhoods was seen as a natural progression from the self-titled, as well as incorporating all the sounds the members had explored in their time apart from each other. It was met with mostly positive reception from critics and fans alike. Blink departed longtime label Interscope. When the fuck did they get on Interscope? They were on fucking EMC, AMC? Whatever the fuck that other one was earlier. Oh, uh, I think Interscope is a... A subsidiary of Yeah, I think... I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I don't know. They were on his... Ah, who fucking knows? October of 2012, and soon independently released an EP on December 18th of that year titled Dogs Eating Dogs. 
Touring continued with there still being conflicts between members not fully resolved, and this period of the band was characterized as dysfunctional by all four members. With plans to begin writing an album in the beginning of 2015, DeLong found himself struggling to commit to Blink and announced he's, he'd indefinitely leave the band on December 31st, 2014. Uh, Mark and Travis, of course, decided to continue without him, recruiting Matt Skibidibop <laughs> of Alkaline Trio, good band, mm-hmm. to take his place. Uh, first as a fill-in member for some shows, he soon became an official member and the band began to write new music. Blink joined the label BMG. Big, meaty... Grippy. Grapefruit. <laughs> Grippy, I don't know. <laughs> Mine was Big, more wholesome. mediocre... Grumps. Grumps. I don't know. <laughs> um, Started work on the first album without Tom and started today's episode of California. It was released on July 1st, 2016 and produced by John Feldman of Goldfinger. Uh, the band... He really is a superman. Uh, the band got to work in the studio for California, sparked by the addition of Matt Skiba and guidance of John Feldman, and according to Mark, they recorded nearly 50 songs. Can you imagine? What? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? It's like, that's a little excessive, bros. I guess they were shit. feeling it. I'm feeling, feeling this, it. yeah. <laughs> uh, Mark, Matt, and Travis were very optimistic of the process, saying it was a return to the classic Blink sound, and Travis called it the best material they had made in years. Some critics agreed, but the majority of fans really didn't agree. Many diehards could not fathom the band without Tom in the forefront and gave Matt the cold shoulder. Neil Z. Young. This dude's name is Neil Young. <laughs> I didn't even see that, but it's spelled... Motherfucker's name is Neil Young? <laughs> but, it's, but it's spelled uh, E-U instead of O-U. Yeah, but it's, that's pronounced Young. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Um, Neil Young... Famous Neil Young. Famous Neil Young. Famous Neil Young of all music gave the album a 4 out of 5 and dubbed it their best record in 15 years, calling it a returned form and an admiral maturation Maturation, I think. of the band's classic pop-punk sound. It's not a desperate grasp at youth and faded glory, but rather a reflective look back and expert execution of what they do best. I like how it's just like, it's their best record in 15 years. It's like, bro, <laughs> Neighborhoods was the only other one in 15 years at that point. Was it really? Yeah, 2016. 2016. No. Wait, no. no I'm, I'm wrong. Take off your pants and jacket. This man really said that. This is better than self-titled. Spoiler: I like California, but what the fuck, dog? <laughs> you can't say that that's better than self-titled. What the fuck? That man, Neil Young, on some shit. <laughs> I mean, you can say it's their best record since the EP "Dogs Eating Dogs." <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say I that. Listen to "Dogs Eating Dogs," but like, I'm... it's really good. Is it? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's oh. it's really good. Have they released anything bad with the like, original lineup? No, I, I don't think. Another you don't think spoiler. They've, any, they've released anything bad. No, that they're my least favorite album by them. I would still give like a five and a half out of ten. Okay. <laughs> uh, Gav Floyd of Rock Sound and John Dolan of Rolling Stone felt similarly. Similarly, giving California a nine out of ten and a three and a half out of five, respectively. Also, handling it as among the group's best work. Major criticisms were aimed at Feldman's production and input on the sound of the album. Uh, Mike DeMonte of the Houston Chronicle complained Feldman's style is all over the record as most tracks sound too formulaic, similar, and run together. Other tracks are way too commercial, even for a band the size of Blink. California is ultimately a step back rather than a throwback. Uh, Nina Corcoran of Consequence of Sound had similar sentiments, stating, When not cranking the Soldier Boy and the compression of the vocals... (laughs) I really thought she said that for a second. I was like, I had to look. I was like, cranking the soldier boy. The fuck is that? <laughs> Fucking Corcoran sounds like a Dragon Ball Z character. <laughs> Nina Corcoran. 
You'll never kill me, Corcoran. Corcoran. Uh, Blink signed to Columbia Records, kept John Feldman on to produce, and went went in a different direction for their next album, Nine, released on September 20th, 2019. What? You good? <laughs> okay, so, sorry. It's a, it's a hard... Okay, so they, they signed to Columbia. They kept John Feldman on as a producer and, and went in a different direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> the way it's written, it sounded, it, like, it sounded like two separate things. Like, um, he kept on producing and they went in a different direction. Oh, oh okay. I'll go like, what you mean. Okay. <laughs> uh, nine released in September 20th of 2019. For this effort, they experimented with hip-hop-inspired programming and electronics and even utilized outside songwriters and producers, including Pharrell Williams and the Futuristics. Yeah. Also employed were more darker lyrical themes and moody instrumentation, a change which was met with positive reception from some. Mm-hmm. Mostly fans of Matt Skiba. Yeah, I, that's my least favorite album by them, but I still think it's good. Like, I haven't listened and that, to it. that was the only one I hadn't listened to before, because like by that point in 2019, like I... September 20th of 2019. I, I don't know. I guess I just wasn't in a pop-punk mood at that point. See, four years ago, uh, we were in a shitty metal band. You weren't in 2019. Was it not? No. Oh, okay. No, not, not by that point. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Cause God, I haven't <laughs> for a while. <laughs> yeah, I was, and then... Yeah, I don't know. I I remember when it came out, but I... And I was like, eh, I'll listen to that, and I just never did. Like, I, I wasn't really... I was listening to, like... I guess mostly metal at that point. Yeah. But, I mean, my shit's all over the place. I'll just get in a kick of a certain genre and listen to it for, like, three months and then come back to it and shit. Like, this has got me on a big pop-punk binge and emo and shit, and I haven't... You did not do that for me. I haven't listened to a lot of pop-punk in a while, so... <laughs> I, I did recently re-listen to a bunch of Neck Deep early stuff. Mm-hmm. That shit's good. Um, mostly because I have... Somewhere over there. Oh, the... Uh, it's, a, it's an anniversary. Rain in July. Rain in July. Yeah. yeah. It's so fucking pretty. Yeah. Um, in June of 21, Mark announced he had been diagnosed with a rare form of cancer. Oh, that was a fucking downer all of a sudden. <laughs> been receiving treatment over the past months. He was declared cancer-free later that year, but his diagnosis had brought on serious discussions with Tom and Travis about their old problems. Tom's return to the band was rumored for a while, but became official on October 11th of 22, along with a world tour new album announcement. The second Tom Reunion album, One More Time, was released at the time of recording. Not anymore, because... <laughs> okay. So Your computer was, was fucked up. At the time of writing the script, it was released um, last Friday, October 20th. <laughs> so it was released, what, two, year, two weeks ago? Three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, mm-hmm. October 20th. Uh, One More Time has received mostly positive reviews from critics and fans alike, with many calling it the band's best work since the 2003 self-titled album. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to it yet. It's fucking good. Um, I was, like, completely fucking floored by how good it is. Like, there is only one song on there that i would say i don't like and there's like fucking 17 or 18 songs like it's there's a lot of songs releasing really long albums it's to stay in the fucking algorithm now and uh but i mean it's not even that long of an album like it's only like 47 minutes or something like that like it's comparable length time wise to all their other this is six this is fucking california 16 songs long Mm. and it's 42 minutes yeah, exactly. It's it's not like it's fucking 17, 18 songs in like an hour and like two minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, what's up, hello? <laughs> but yeah, so, but yeah, fucking, if you haven't listened to it yet and you're a Blink fan, one more time, fucking listen to it. Like, More Than You Know and Turpentine are probably my two favorites. They're like, like no joke among like the best songs the band's ever, ever made, in my to, opinion. I listened to the first single they put out. Edging. 
yeah, because that... everyone was like, this song's gonna make you cry, and I had no... No, 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 that was uh, One More Time. Oh, One More Time. Yeah, I listened to that, and I had no emotional reaction to it. It didn't click with me. It, it didn't the first time I heard it, but when I heard it in the album, I was like, okay. I mean, that's still, like, I would say bottom half of that album for me, but it's still good. But um, the first one they released was Edging for it was the first song, but that, that was released, like, a fucking year ago. Like, it was released oh, okay. in 22. Oh, okay. And that one took a while to grow on me too. It's it's really just simple, like fucking pop punk, like catchy, catchy shit, kind of among the vein of all the small things. Okay. It's it's a good song though, but um, but yeah, fucking listen to the album. I I think it's really good. I was surprised. Okay, I'll have to go to shop. <clears throat> um. But yeah, that's that's it for the script. Uh, now we get to talk about the album. First <clears throat> thoughts. You you had listened to this album before. I had yeah. listened to this album before. You had. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, yeah, so for me, this this is honestly, either this or Fashionably Late are the two albums we've done for this podcast that like I have the most experience with and background with, I guess. This one might be even more so. Like, when this came out, I it was between my junior and senior year of high school, July 2016. Yeah. So, and I was... This was the first, Dogs Eating Dogs was the first Blink release, or no, maybe Neighborhood. I can't remember when I became, like, a massive fan of Blink. Like, obviously I knew all their bigger songs yeah, when I was a kid. I want to say it was, like, 2013, 2014. No, it was, it was, defi- it was definitely at least before Dogs Eating Dogs, because I remember being hyped for that to come out. It might have. It might have been a little bit after Neighborhood. I think it. I think it had to be because when Neighborhood came out, you were. It was 2011. I was 12. Yeah, you were 12. I think you were. I think you had gotten into middle school. You were almost in high school. I think it may have been the summer before you started high school. Maybe. I don't know. So that would have been like 2012. Yeah. No. It, no. I had. It had to have been in 2011. Because oh. like. Because I was obsessed with Green Day and Blink at the same time. Oh, like. Yeah. And that was when I was in like six. Green Day was like sixth grade when I was really, and then Blink was more like seventh grade when I found them and like started listening. But either way, so this was like the first thing in a while for them because like I guess I was getting into them around when Neighborhoods was out and then Dogs Eating Dogs was just an EP. So like I was fucking hype even though Tom left, which you know I was I was pretty sad about. But I had also recently at the time of this album got into Alkaline Trio, so I was like, okay, fucking Matt skibidi boobop from alkaline trio like you know this could be good um and i don't know it just kind of all was like a perfect storm for me for this album like i was really into the band it being in that time period of like the, the last summer of like true adolescent innocence like not having to have responsibilities and everything and this is a very summer album i would say like just good like fun pop punk like just sing along type yeah. songs for the summer. Um, my high school girlfriend at the time, like I got her into Blink, so we were, you know, listening to that with her. So there's like, you know, good memories of like being a fucking innocent kid with this album, I guess, for me. And I saw them on the tour for this album in Nashville, um, later on in that year. Was that the show they played with um It was a day to remember and all American yeah. rejects, yeah. But, so yeah, there's just, like, a lot of, I guess, like, sentimental value for this album for me. So, I knew going into it that I was going to enjoy listening to this. Um, but it's been a while since I've heard it all the way through. Like, there's definitely some songs that I've, you know, 
listened to some over the years, but I'd say the last time I listened to this album in full was probably like 2018, maybe. It's like a couple yeah. years after it was released, so it's been a while. Yeah. But like stained looking ass. <laughs> it's been a while. But uh Yeah, so I was fully expecting to enjoy it and I did. I I'll get to it later, but I mean I really like this album. Yeah. Um so I I also have like a big thought like lead up to this album because mm-hmm. I had so I was working I had uh, just out of college. Uh, yeah. I was partying too hard. <laughs> Party hardy. <laughs> uh which fucking don't do that, kids. <laughs> Stay in college, party later. Or it's just, much easier to party now that like I'm a real adult with a job. Yeah, or just don't go to college and owe thousands yeah, like, of dollars. You know, what you want to do with your life? Yeah, like, college isn't for everyone. But like, if you if you are going to college, don't do it to party. Yeah, it is a waste of fucking money. Yeah, <laughs> that is just now falling off my credit score. <laughs> It'd be like that. Um, so I was working at Walmart night shift. So I I was listening to a new album. I was listening to like new albums all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well Matt Skiba just joined just joined Blink. I'm gonna listen to. I've never listened to Outlander Trio before. I'm gonna listen to every Outlander Trio album. Mm-hmm. So that year, I listened to all the Outlander Trio mm-hmm. albums. This album comes out. I really liked the singles, which were what "Bored Bo- to Death" and "She's Out of Her Mind." No, it was "Bored." First was "Bored to Death," then "Rabbit Hole," then uh, "No Future." Oh, then I guess I only had listened to like "Bored to Death" beforehand because I didn't. I okay. didn't recognize any of those other songs. Okay. So I, I've been I've been a big Outlander Trio kit. I like Alkaline Trio. Mm-hmm. I've seen them live. I didn't. I didn't like their energy live, but it was a Coheed and Cambria show, so they weren't. I'll give them the benefit of a doubt. That's mm-hmm. not like the crowd they're used to playing for. Yeah, I guess it's that's a bunch of fucking sci-fi metal nerds. Yeah, and they're just like, uh, fucking sad boy pop punk, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um. So I was really excited for this album, and I hated it. Damn. I I thought it. I thought it was a huge letdown. It didn't feel enough like Blink One Eighty Two. But it also didn't feel enough like Alkaline Trio for me to care. Hmm. Yeah, it's nothing like Alkaline Trio. It's nothing like either of the bands, really. I mean, I think... There's some stuff, re-listening to it now, I noticed some stuff that made yeah. it But like, it's still not enough Blink-182 to feel like Blink-182 okay. a lot of the times. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... I mean, I think that can really probably be maybe chalked up to the production, John Feldman's yeah. production. It there is very. It's very five seconds of summer, like. And I'm a, I was a big five sauce fan. Yeah, but I mean that's what I'm saying. It's that's just like it's just like very. I don't know. It's it's weird it because it's like. The pop in pop punk. Yeah, which I mean, but it's weird because Enema of the State definitely does too. So it's like I don't know, like yeah, like I, I feel like it's just that. Like California is like. If if you had to compare it to any of their other albums, like it is most like the Enema or the Enema Enema of the State, um, in terms of like how accessible it is and like how poppy it is, I guess. But songwriting wise, it's not similar because Blink with Tom is very riff oriented, like yeah. really catchy. I mean, usually a lot of the time, I don't want to say intricate, but like pretty unique risk for pop punk i would say a lot of the yeah. time and this is more so like i don't just not that like it's just a lot of regular core i, I don't know it's just it's just kind of just very straightforward it's just it's straightforward simplistic. simplistic dumbed down pop punk but i like it <laughs> i mean like, this was the era like this was the era where every band was generic pop punk 
Yeah, exactly. Like, it makes sense for this era, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't what I wanted out of Blink. That's okay. not what I expect out of Blink. I expect, like, Blink has always kind of pushed the envelope yeah. of pop yeah. punk. I agree. And they didn't hear. Mm-hmm. And it just it just felt like a letdown. I will say, my feelings on it have softened. That's good. I was really curious, like, we... Uh, like, since we haven't recorded in so long, we, we were supposed to do this two weeks ago. And um, I've been like, I want to fucking know. You're stewing I'm on like, what I think. Yes, I want to know. Because I'm like, one part of me feels like you will fucking give it like a one out of ten. And then the other part of me is like, maybe like a seven out of ten or something. I don't know. I don't I know. know. I hated it my first listen. I have softened. Okay. Um, I've, I think it's just like getting older and like having a better ear for music now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff I noticed that I wouldn't have noticed that I, I, I didn't notice years ago when I listened to it. Mm-hmm. Like, in a bad way? Both, really. Okay, okay. In a good way and a bad way. It really... I'm not going to, like, spoil anything. <laughs> fully, but um, I will say my my opinion has changed. I, it's not, like, a definite, this is the worst album I've ever listened to anymore. Okay, cool. That's good to know. <laughs> so, yeah, um, well, we'll go into Cynical, the album opener, which, top tier album opener, I think. I fucking love this song. Oh my god. You don't like this song? The vocals. This is like... The vocals. This is like everybody that... Every Blink fan that hates California like loves... Like is like this is the only good song from California. The vocals are so overproduced. Hmm. It's really hard to listen to. Like, they sound like Vocaloids but not like the fun haha I'm Hatsune Miku way. <laughs> but in the I'm a lifeless AI and I'm here to commodify it. <laughs> so it's just like autotune? Is what you're saying? It's not just auto-tune, it's like auto-tune, reverb, echo. Like, there's so many effects on the vocals, it drowns out, and there's so much compression and auto-tune, and, like, it drowns out any form of personality that their voices have. Mm. And these are people with very, like, voices that are full of fucking personality. Yeah. Okay. It's just, like, it feels formulaic and lifeless. Hmm. Alright. <laughs> and that's just, like, my opinion, man. But... But you can't have an opinion, bro. What the fuck? You have to. You have to opinion. think. Oh, listen, nothing we say on this podcast is fact, uh, except for the fact that uh, uh, fucking uh, Mark Hoppus uh, is a musician. Eh, too political. <laughs> I don't agree with that. But I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I think one thing that I noticed with this album is whenever. Which, I mean, I don't think it happens that much, but it does happen in the beginning of Cynical when it's just one voice with only bass as the backing. You can really tell. I, I, I get what you mean. Like, yeah. the the bass is really, like, I guess reverby. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's like, a very wet. Yeah, episode. that's, yeah. So whenever it's the voice matched up with it, the voice is also very wet. I get what you mean, yeah. But this I'm... is a sloppy fucking album. Yeah. It's so fucking wet everywhere. It's wet. <laughs> it's so wet. <laughs> it's fucking wet. It's like a it's like a fucking porn star, bro. Oh no. It's soaking. <laughs> it's soaking. It's like cold fucking spaghetti. Oh, oh no. Um macaroni in the pot <laughs> with that wet ass album. <laughs> fucking um Yeah, I, I, I kinda get what you mean. Um I don't know. I I think you're more of a person that gets more critical of production choices for yeah. albums, I guess. So for me, I'm just like, haha, song catchy, just go hard. I don't give a fuck. But yeah, like we we approach music differently. Yeah, because like I've been 
a musician for like a decade. Mm-hmm. So I have the, I my ear catches different things. Yeah. Which is really cool sometimes because I catch like. Like, I was fucking listening to uh, Bad Girlfriend by Theory of a Dead Man, and did you know that there's, like, a really cool guitar riff in the in the chorus? No, I was like, whatever you were about to tell me, I did not know. Yeah, like, the chorus is like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> like, it's like a really cool fucking little progression uh-huh. that you would never fucking hear. Yeah, no, I definitely, yeah, I mean, I noticed some stuff. Like, I, I've noticed a lot of shit like that, I guess, like, as I've gotten older and listened to more music where it's yeah. like, yeah, there will be, like, an underlying riff or something, and I'm like, what the fuck? That goes hard, and I'm like, but it's not in the forefront. Yeah. But I guess more in terms of when stuff is produced badly or over or underproduced. Yeah. Like, I'll notice it sometimes, and sometimes I don't, and usually when I do notice it, I tend to be less critical on it than you do. So, but it's like you you saying that I definitely do notice it, but I, I think the song goes fucking hard. I think it's too wet. I mean, I think there is a reason that even people that hate this album like it. Like, it's pretty commonly like people say like I fucking hate California, but I'm cynical. I'm fucking surprised because this is one of my least favorite songs I don't on the know. album. I think it's fucking great. Like, it's just I can't handle like there are a few more songs that have the same vocaloid effect. And okay. I, I don't like them. Yeah. I think it. I think without that, the album would be much better. Okay. And I think this, I think the reason I hated it so much my first listen is this song just put such a bad fucking taste in my mouth. Okay. Damn, I was expecting you to really like it. I mean, it's just a straight up, fast paced pop punk. Kind of leans more into just straight up punk, I think. Other uh, than the vocal. Like, I don't know. It's just like, when I don't like vocals that are that produced. In le- like, there are some, like, some, some artists do it really well. Mm-hmm. Like, T Pain. Yeah. Um,. Imogen Kanye Heap. when Kanye. he when he sings yeah Imogen Heap like there are some people that do like like Imogen Heap does like really cool shit mm-hmm. with layered and wet vocals but like it's just not done well in the song okay but yeah I mean other, other than the vocals I mean there's a great fucking drum fill type thing right after the the wet the wet Mark vocal part oh, yeah, the, to the, open the, up the drums are great no, yeah the, the vocals are wet the whole fucking yeah but it's just you know fast paced all throughout it's a short song but uh and i love the ending bridge with skiba where he's like uh like not sorry not sorry i'm not sorry whatever you know what i'm yeah. talking about yeah where he's like basically shouting i don't know it's just full of energy really urgent like i, I think it's a great album opener which that is something that blink is like great at is picking album openers like what fucking album openers do they have um dumpweed anthem part two uh pathetic um Ghost on the Dance Floor, Carousel, they they don't have uh, fucking Feeling This, like literally all, all their album openers are fucking bangers. Yeah, what the fucking album did Carousel open? Uh, Chess Hard Cat. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. forgot it was that old. Yeah, they just they just don't miss with fucking album openers, like... Oh, yeah, the album opener of Buddha, was, oh, it's Carousel again, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even, I don't remember the title of the album opener for nine but that's one of my favorite songs on that album as well so it's like they just anthem part three is the album opener for the new one fucking banger like they just they knock it out of the park with their album openers which is i prefer the anthem part one and a half by good charlotte part one lion king one and a half (laughs) fucking fight me lion king one and a half is better than the lion king the lion king was literally stolen from a japanese animation company Mm. and hamlet not surprised (laughs) Um, then we go to Bored to Death, which is the first taste everybody got of the yeah, Ski Bear era. I like this song. Yeah. It feels like an old Link song. It, it is like a return to form. Yeah, it's kind of, 
kind of a maybe take off your pants and jacket vibe where it's like where they were a little more serious but not as serious as yeah, self-titled like when they were doing like anthems mm-hmm. yeah i get what you mean yeah um, an anthemic song like early blink is more like party song yeah, yeah. And then they became more like anthem song. Like, this is, this yeah. is a song that's going to inspire a generation to be musicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's a good way of putting the change of Enema of the Saint and Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Because they're very similar, but very different at the yeah, same time. Yeah, incredibly it's... different albums, but, like, if you're not into them, and you're, like, if you were first time listening to the two of them, you'd be like, oh, that's the same album. Yeah, they'd be interchangeable, but yeah, yeah. there's there's definitely a difference. That's a good way to put it. I never even thought of that. Um... But yeah, I mean, I, it's a, it's another really good song. I like this. Yeah, I mean, I really like the song. Yeah. The vocals are really well done. Yeah, there's no overproduction. Yeah, um, the chorus is super fucking catchy. Yeah, super catchy. Um, I think it really like encapsulates the tone of like about half of the album. I would say, because um, I feel like about half of the album is pretty like fun, goofy type yeah. shit. I guess like. A, a little bit, a little bit of a uh, fellow kids energy. Yeah, hey there, folks. Yeah, uh, alert, the fun, goofy songs are usually the better ones. Yeah, um, but then this one more represents like the more serious, yeah. like anthemic shit. I guess you could yeah. say. Um, but yeah, I think it was a good choice for a first single. Uh, the only really complaint of it is, especially like when it was first released. I remember people being like, "What the fuck?" Because I, I guess with the whole album context, it's not as bad, but when it first came out, people were like, wait, I can't tell fucking Matt and Mark's vocals apart. Like, they couldn't tell which one did which verse, which I, I think it kind of is still a thing with this song. Like, they kind of yeah, they kind of sound really similar on this song. I didn't know that they were both singing on this song. Yeah, it's not a problem with the rest of the album. It's only... No, it's not. Like, yeah. they, they sound completely different in the yeah. other songs. Yeah, but I, I don't know if that was a... If they purposely did that, but that's like the only knock on I the think song. I think it would have been really funny if Matt Skiba just did a fake uh, <laughs> Mark voice or a fake Tom voice. Fake Tom voice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, where are you? And I'm so bored to death. <laughs> I'm so bored to death. I cannot sleep. I do not have a car. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is a really good song. Uh, it has like you know, kind of, kind of the moody melodies. Uh, this one kind of has a little bit of alkaline trio yeah. uh, identity yeah, with the it, alkaline trio, but, which is what I wanted the rest of the album to be like. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why I was so disappointed uh, back in 2016 mm-hmm. when it was new because the rest of the album doesn't have as much of a Matt Skiba yeah uh, twins to it. Yeah, but yeah, anthemic chorus. I love the bridge with Mark building into the chorus where it like drops all the instruments going into the yeah. chorus. I love that part. Um, yeah, really, really saw. I think Kirk it was. Song. I think it was the choice for lead single for this album. Yeah. I don't think any um, other one would have been as good. And then we get to the song that I didn't realize was not a single. See, I think this one might have been... Because you know how some bands will do, like, promotional singles sometimes? Okay. Like, after the album's already been released. Oh, okay, yeah. I think this one might have been a single after the album already came out. Because, okay, like, this is the song I... Rec- I- I know this song more than Bored to Death. Mm. I've listened to the song more than I've listened to okay. Bored to Death. But I, I know without a doubt that it was Bored to Death, Rabbit Hole, No Future, Album. And then maybe a few... Because, I mean, obviously, like I said, I was hyped for this shit. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, whenever shit was coming out. So, but yeah, I think this might have been like a promotional single something. I don't know. Maybe it was on 
a fucking, I don't know, maybe they made it the theme song for like Friends. the NFL or something like fucking brands will randomly do. I don't it was know. The new Young Sheldon theme song. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh no. Has that really been going on that long? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I think we, I don't. I don't. I think Young Sheldon's a little younger than that. God damn. I've never seen an episode of Young Sheldon, but every now and then TikTok tries to make me watch it Fuck by that. putting fucking like try got not try got uh, like um. Fall Guys or some fucking game like Subway Surfers in the bottom. I'm like, ooh, Subway Surfers. <laughs> young Shellnut. <laughs> oh, fuck, is Young Shellnut. God damn, I fucking hate the Big Bang Theory. Bozwingers! <laughs> Bojangles. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I fucking love She's Out of Her Mind. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really good one. And you can tell that he knows that she is really out of her mind because mm. she has Bauhaus stuck in her head. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there is never he, he a ultimate, good reason to listen to Bauhaus. He did the ultimate downfall of men. Fell in love with a goth girl. <laughs> I've never wanted to listen to Bauhaus. And yeah, I don't even... Aren't, aren't they like post-punk? I don't fucking know, but it's fucking... I know Mark's probably a big... Because him and Tom are really big post-punk fans. I don't think most people are. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I mean, this song is essentially just a pop-punk way of saying bitches be tripping. <laughs> essentially, like, yeah. that's just the, the lyrical matter for the song. Um, but, yeah, I mean, another really good catchy chorus. Uh, Matt and Mark both have their moments on the verses and the chorus. You know, kind yeah. of interchanging vocal shit that Blink's known for. So, it's a good one. It's, good. I, it, I, it's one of the best songs on the album. Mm. It's, it's the catchiest song on the album, I think. Yeah, I would say it's probably like top three catchiest. And it feels more like the party song mm -hmm. era of Blink, which is really fun to like, see those two like right next to each other. Yeah. Um, and then we get to Los Angeles. Mm, which is a pretty experimental track. Yeah, I fuck with the instrumental heavy. Yeah. I think it is... I think it's I really cool. I wasn't expecting an instrumental like that from them. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's just really percussion based and like kind of almost, I don't want to say trap, but kind of like. Yeah, is it, this is the one that has trap snares in it, is it? Yeah, it's like, um, I mean, I don't know how the fuck to, to convey it of how it sounds to you, but it's like day in, day out. Dun, 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 dun. It's just like really really punchy snare like it sounds no, there's one song that has like the actual like trap rolling snare nah, like, I have Uzi no and then Muse Uzi, Uzi and them <laughs> I have no idea it might be this one I don't know no this one it just start. it has like no guitar at first like there's not a lot of guitar yeah. on this song um but it has like kind of some sirens in the background it's just like a really like I, I don't think it's I think it's like uh program drums it's like a really punchy snare sound yeah a lot of clicky cymbal sounds. Uh, just a bunch of really cool shit. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an incredible instrumental. I don't like the vocals. Oh, it has the, the wet problem again? I don't think they're wet. I think the vocals are just really boring. Hmm. Okay. Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the way you did that. Like, just fucking join Red Hot Chili Peppers. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, we were just gonna fucking write three different songs about California on this album. Um, but yeah, I really like this song. It's, like I said, it's just more percussion-based. Like, really, only the bridge follows, like, the standard Blink formula. Yeah. Like, there's just really sparse, sparse, yeah, sparse guitars uh, throughout, like, which is not a not the norm for Blink. Um, has, like, a 
I guess, like, kind of a hip-hop vibe, I guess you could say. Yeah, it is kind of hip-hoppy. Yeah, I, I don't really know how to describe it. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say that this is, like, fucking, like, a, game, a mind-blowing song, but I really can't think of anything else I've heard that can compare to what the song sounds like. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. It's not, it's not mind-blowing. Yeah, it's just... It's, it's, not, it's, it's realistically nothing special. It's just really interesting. Like, but Yeah, especially coming from Blink. I think that's what makes it... If it was coming from, like, any other artist... Uh, like any other like if it was coming from any emo artist I'd be like yeah okay whatever yeah I guess this, is, this fucking sucks <laughs> it just fucking sucks but because it's coming from Blink like it, it made me like stop and re-listen to mm. like if it was coming from like Silverstein I'd be like okay what the fuck ever I've heard stuff like this from you before uh, yeah I guess I, yeah, I, I guess. wouldn't I wouldn't have given it at the time of day because it just had, it would be so boring in their discography but coming from Blink it made me like really hone in and be like what are you doing uh huh yeah, I, th- I just think it's really interesting. Um, it has another... I mean, I won't say it's a great chorus because it's just them saying Los Angeles. Los Angeles! But, I mean, it's it's catchy enough. It has the energy. And then, uh, like I said, I really love the bridge. Um, has another Mark isolated bass part. And then it has, yeah. like, a build-up with a drum roll. It, it goes hard. I really like this one. Yeah. Um, then we get to Sober. Mm-hmm. Uh, which feels like this is what it feels like they were really trying to do the anthemic thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like this was gonna be their like their their new Adam song. Like this is gonna be the song that changes people's lives. With this one, you think? I think it's what they were trying to do. I mean, because it's not really it's not really emotional. No, but it has the it has the same building blocks of those songs. Mm. This is the one that has the hi hat thing on the chorus. No, I have, I have notes that some of those are the trap snare. Not the hi-hats, the trap snare. Oh, this one has, like, trap hi-hats yeah, on it. Yeah, it does. It's like the snappy... T- yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, it feels like it has, like, the building blocks, like, the ideas of, like, we're trying to make a song that transpires over generations. Hmm, okay. And change it, like, like they did with some of their earlier stuff, like... First date is fucking it. Like, they didn't mean to with first date. Hmm. That was, like, the same building blocks, we're trying to make a new first date, we're trying to make a new carousel... Okay, I see what you mean. And it just falls short. Okay, when you said Adam's song, I was like, I yeah, was, Adam's I was immediately like, thinking like, and I was like, no, I, but I like would Adam's say, Adam's song is their most like anthemic song. Yeah, like, that is a song that like inspired, like, it didn't inspire inspire generation, but really molded a whole di- like two generations. Yeah, of kids. yeah, or even like stay together for the kids, like um, off a of, off a of toy podge <laughs> for the acronym. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like this one enough. Um, I really like the drumming in the intro. That it starts out with the chorus, and it's like a really compressed drumming, uh, compressed vocal. Like they sound far away in the mix. Um, yeah. Has a good sound to it. Uh, sort of reminiscent of like the beginning of feeling this with how the drum, you know, how the drums and that are like really yeah. compressed to begin with. Kind of a similar vibe to that. Um, so overall, I mean, a, a, a fun, catchy song. Um, not one of the best on the album, but I mean, it's it's good, I think. It does have, which another uh, downfall for this album for a lot of people was the overuse of uh, woes and na-na-nas. There is a lot. Yeah, this one is literally the chorus. is like, na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. When I'm sober, na-na-na-na. So this one probably is the biggest offender of that, but decent enough song. I like it. Yeah, like, it's not terrible. It just, it, it feels like they were trying to do so much more with it, and it falls short of what mm-hmm. they wanted it to be. Yeah, I can see what you mean. Um, if it felt like they put less effort into it, I'd enjoy it more, I think. Okay. 
Uh, they're just like like Blink is a band that's been along around for so long. You can like look at a song and be like this is what they were trying to do when they wrote this. Yeah, exactly. You can go and, back like, to it their feels early like they shit. They were trying to do something like yeah, Blink, and it just isn't big. Okay, I get what you mean. Then we go to Built This Pool, which is a fucking patented Blink joke track. It's not a good one. I mean, I think it's fun. It's not great. It's not as good as like Happy Holidays, yeah, you like, bastard. It's funny. I don't think it's long enough. I feel like the like. Happy Holiday, you bastards! Is long. It's like what a minute, like thirty seconds to a minute long. Something like that. I think yeah, it might be like right around seconds. a minute. This song's twelve seconds. Mm-hmm. You don't get to build up the joke. Yeah, and like that's why those other two. That's why the other ones have succeeded and been really good. Is because they have time to build the joke up. That's why um, All by Myself by Green Day is really good. Yeah, it's time to build the joke up. Mm-hmm. And this one, the joke is just I built this pool because I want to see naked men. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's it. it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. I really, I really do like the riff for it. It's really catchy. It's like, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a catchy little 12, yeah, 15 it's, second it's song. I just feel like I wish it would have been at least thirty seconds, so they could have had more time to build up the joke. Mm-hmm. And like, what they could have done is had like the other two members being like, "Oh, did you build a pull for this? No." <laughs> yeah. Like a fucking happy, happy, joy, joy. Okay. Oh, yeah, that, that would have been a good template. Uh, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, it could have been more fleshed out because, yeah, even on their new album, they have two joke songs on there and they have... They're longer and they build up the joke. Yeah, I think... I, I think. I haven't listened to it. Yeah, I think I both, of the, both of them are, like, about a minute or so. I think a minute is the perfect length for yeah. a Blink-182 joke song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Controversial opinion. <laughs> uh, and then we go to uh, No Future, which is my least favorite of the three singles that I mentioned. It's super straightforward. Yeah, it's it also is just really like I don't know what the fuck this song is trying to say lyrically. Oh, I have no idea. Well, like it doesn't like I feel like they're just saying a bunch of different phrases in it, and it really doesn't tie together at all, and it's just kind of confusing. It makes sense as a single though; it's pretty catchy. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, the chorus is good, and I guess the chorus itself has a theme to it, but the verses I feel like are just random shit like i don't know they just yeah. it doesn't correlate to the chorus or anything and it just feels a little weird but it's decent enough yeah it's also another big offender of the na-na-na's <laughs> for this yeah. one um yes. but yeah i mean it's decent enough but it's it's just kind of kind of weird like i just feel like it doesn't really say anything doesn't say anything but it's like straightforward catchy pop, pop. yeah it's catchy uh, the bridge is really interesting instrumentally Mm-hmm. Is that like the where did she go to find it or whatever? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, like it's not, it's just not, it's a song. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's got some good parts, I mean, it's got some bad parts. That's not debatable, it's a song. Yeah. <laughs> it's middle of the road. It is indeed a song. Um, then we get to Home is Such a Lonely Place, which feels like their attempt to do an American football song. <laughs> I can see that. It kind of, it almost sounds like Home is Where the Haunt is from LP2. Mm, I've never heard it. Oh, LP2 is better than LP1. And that, I've heard is, you say that, that is a fact. That is not an opinion. That is a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. I'm not the. I don't that know. That's the official opinion of the podcast, One Last Breath. I'm not. I, I'm not the biggest American football fan. I've tried to listen to LP1 probably like 10 different times, and it's like, I like it, but I don't really. It's not like, oh my God. Like, oh, I, I think it just doesn't hit right for me. Like, it's, it's good, but it's not like one of those. I feel like so many people. I mean, that's like the biggest joke of like emo. It's like, have you ever heard Never Meant? <laughs> Have you ever heard Never Meant? The riff from Never Meant? But yeah, like LP2 is just better. Okay. In every way. LP3 is really good too. It has a, a song with Haley Williams on it. Oh, that's cool. Which is pretty cool. Okay. 
Um, Elden Ring's really good. Uh, but, like, American football is not the end-all, be-all of emo. Mm -hmm. And I think more people should instead get into the world as a beautiful place and I'm no longer afraid to die. Mm. I mean, for, like, old, mis or, like, original Midwest, like, is that second second wave yeah. emo? I like um, Sunny Day Real Estate the most out of any of those bands. Like, they're my favorite OG emo band. My favorite OG emo band is Canadian Softball. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jonah's Brothers. Mm. Yeah. They, they hit different. No, we throw God. <laughs> Technically, an emo band. Uh, yeah, kinda. I only like the Blue Album. Um, but yeah, Home is Such a Lonely Place is, it's probably, I guess, the poppiest song on the album. I mean, it's just a straight, it's just an acoustic song, some strings underneath. Um, so it's a, it's a good pace breaker for the album. Yeah, I like the vibe they tried to build with it. Mm -hmm. I I think the vocals are once again overproduced and kind of ruin the vibe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they are pretty produced on this one. Um, but yeah, it's 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 good, but it's not any one that I would go out of my way to listen to. Like it's it's good in the yeah, context of that. Your life. Yeah, it's good in the context of the album, but it's not like oh, I'm, you know, I'm really clicking with that one. It's it's just decent. Then we go to uh, Kings of the Weekend, which is a song I really like. This has the best riff on the album. Yeah, it's... The riff at the very end of the chorus. I don't remember how it goes now, but it's... Wait, wait, wait. It's like... Yeah. It's the best riff on the fucking album. Yeah, it's like we... the best Blink has come out with. Yeah, it's like we are the kings of the weekend. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, this song's really good. This one also has a really cool hi-hat roll beginning drumming from yeah it's from the travis. most energy on the album too mm -hmm. and it's, this is the best song on the album yeah this I, is my favorite song on the oh album. cool yeah i really like this one for some reason i was expecting you to because the lyrics are a little fellow kid hey fellow kids yeah, think, i don't fucking listen to the lyrics a little bit songs anymore yeah so i was expecting you to say it was cringe but no i really like this one too uh, i has, don't know that i remember a single lyric from this album it's like, thank God for a punk rock band. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of the lyrics. Oh, this song's so good. No, it's it's really good. It's also like the verses have a really like dance dance type feel to yeah. them. Like is it's really it's really bouncy and groovy. Wait, is this the one where he's like uh, sleeping next to a dumpster to keep my head dry? No, that's sober. Oh, that's sober. Okay. That's sober. Yeah. That line was cringe. Yeah. <laughs> you never slept next to a dumpster. You've been rich since you were like twenty. <laughs> Uh, he he grew up on the streets of Chicago. Chicago's not a real place. <laughs> it's fake. It's made up to scare people that don't like glizzies. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and also, right before that riff that, that you're saying you really like, there's a really cool bass line that yeah. uh, leads into it. Um, but yeah, this this overall is a fucking banger. It's, I've I've always it's always been one of my favorites from this album. I don't know um, how I don't remember it because it's a really fucking yeah. Game. It's just just I good. Think I, I think I would have liked it more mm -hmm. a fucking seven years ago when the album came out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just good vibes all around. Um, we go to Teenage Satellites, which is it's it's all right. It's probably the most forgettable song on yeah, the album I, I would say i don't like the verses yeah this uh, one definitely is like oh like they're literally like referring to themselves as teenagers and it's like yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cringe i like the chorus i think the chorus is catchy but mm. also they're blink 182 they've been writing chorus that catchy chorus is yeah. longer than we've been like, alive they know how to write a fucking chorus if anything 
But yeah, this it's like it's like Green Day writing an earworm for that fucking shitty album you listen to. Yeah, exactly. Of course they could fucking do that. They've been making music since yeah. '89. Yeah, exactly. It's like even at their shittiest, their choruses are catchy as fuck. Same with Blink. I mean, same with most pop punk bands. But um, yeah, it's it's probably it's just not really any anything memorable at all. Um, yeah, uh, the bridge is pretty good, but not remarkable. I don't even remember the bridge. If I'm being honest, it's good, not remarkable. Good, not remarkable. Sounds like my life. <laughs> um, Sounds like my autobiography. <laughs> And then we go to uh, Left Alone, which I think the chorus really makes this one. The verses on this one are pretty yeah. pretty meh. I think it has one of the most interesting instrumentals. Like for uh, the like, like the riff or anything. The whole song. The it's whole just song. Like, it's just really. It's just a really like. There's like almost some like metalcore inspired like. The way they're putting together, they're still using octaves mm -hmm. a lot, but the way they're putting together the octaves, like almost feels like, um, a, like early Avenged Sevenfold. The way Sin puts together like really weird octaves. And, hmm. I did not. Like I in did... Second Heartbeat, he does like really weird octaves. Yeah, it's like the same kind of feel in this song. This huh. is the song I'm thinking of. I mean, I I don't know. I'd I not... think, but like yeah, I just remember there. I think it was this song. Just had a really cool octave bits that just hmm. made the entire thing really interesting it's not something i would have expected from any of these musicians no matter how talented they are it just doesn't seem like something they'd think of hmm. okay i'll need to go back and listen i, I didn't catch that I, I can't even think of what the verse sounds like in my head i, I just know what the chorus sounds like can't remember now <laughs> yeah but the yeah, but uh, the chorus is really good it's really full of energy it's really anthemic um yeah. it's a skiba chorus he brings a lot of energy to it um yeah decent enough song again then we go to a rabbit hole, which is kind of in the same vein as uh, cynical, like just really fast-paced, straight-up pop punk. I think it's a banger. It's uh, a really it's good also one. Also, the only explicit song on the album. I'm yeah, that. yeah, uh, it's really weird for Blink One Eighty Two. It is really weird. Yeah, they love saying "fuck" and "piss" and "shit" and "damn" and, and "hell" and, and "balls" and "pussy lips" and "dingerlinger." Frick. <laughs> And skip it a bebop, <laughs> but but yeah, it is it is the only song that says any cuss words, which is is weird. Uh, but yeah, I think it I think it's another so solid song. Mm -hmm. I like it a lot. I don't think the chorus is catchy enough. Really, I think it's really catchy. I it's not catchy enough. Not catchy enough. Okay. Um, unfortunately, uh, by this point in the album, the second half of the album, I was, uh, referring to everything, uh, in regards to how it compares to Kings of the Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. And um. Uh, not nearly as catchy. Okay. Verdict is out. Uh, and then we go to San Diego, which has a very, very similar opening riff and structure to Bored to Death. Yeah. I would, yeah. Like, my first note is the instrumental in this, the, the instrumental sounds like another song in this album, which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah. It's it's especially like the opening riff is like almost the same thing. <laughs> which, the, ba the bass is like exactly copy pasted. Yeah. Which is, which is unfortunate. I, I, never noticed that until recently re-listening like this which I, I still like this song this used to be one of my favorites on the album it's it's still good like i still like it but noticing that i was like oh that's that's kind of questionable there i don't really like the chorus either uh i just think this song isn't catchy or interesting hmm. i like the chorus i think the chorus is catchy um i feel like a lot of the songs in this album would be much better if they had been written and released by anybody else <laughs> Well, you just, like, hold Blink to a higher standard? Yeah, I think the issue is, like, I know what Blink is capable of, hmm. and it's much better than San Diego. Hmm, okay. 
Yeah, I mean, I like this one. It, it kind of has, brings some nostalgia vibes, I guess, because it's like, I mean, it kind of seems yeah, like to me. Nostalgia to bored the death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nostalgia of eight tracks ago or however long. Um, but like the lyrical content kind of seems to be Mark talking about him and Tom because it's like, go back to San Diego, yeah. get a one-way ticket so we could go see The Cure. It's like they both fucking love The Cure. So yeah. it kind of seems like a fucking like breakup letter to Tom, essentially. So, I mean, it has some, like, kind of, you know, sweet vibes to it, yeah, I guess. I think, I think the chorus is a, li- a, a, a twee bit cringe. Twee bit cringe? Twee bit cringe. You don't want to listen to your favorite songs in the parking lot and think of every person you ever lost in San Diego, bro? Let me, let me, let me <laughs> list of people I've lost in San Diego. Uh. Method Man still alive? Yeah. <laughs> Why was that the first person to come to your mind? I don't know. What was Is that? from San Diego? No, they're from fucking Brook or somewhere in New York. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who the fuck's from San Diego. These guys? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Blinkas. Um, then we go to The Only Thing That Matters, which is another cynical rabbit hole um, yeah, vibe um, song. I didn't mean the pun here, but I don't think this song hits the mark. Mm. You don't think it hits the mark? Does it hit the mat? It might hit the Scott. Does it, <laughs> does it hit the whip and nay-nay? It hits the Quan. It hits the Scott. <laughs> it hits the best drummer of all time. Uh, but like, it's just not interesting or very catchy. Mm. Really? I think it's one of the catchier songs. I... I don't think it's bad. I, th- I think it's kind of similar, similar to. I mean, not like in the way it's structured or anything. Like it doesn't. It doesn't sound similar to "She's Out of Her Mind," but it, it gives me kind of similar vibes to that song. Uh, like it's, it just, it just didn't stand out to me. Hmm. Which it might be because my brain is just like okay, <laughs> Kings of the Weekend. Kings of the Weekend. Yeah, um, um, but I also think it has some really good uh, interplay with Mark and Matt's vocals. Like they they switch off pretty rapidly yeah, between each other and stuff, nice. which is it's cool. Not, it's something that like. Obviously, they're very good at. Yeah. They kind of invented the dual vocals in pop punk. Yeah, they really did. I mean, they're really one of the few bands that really does that. I can't think of any other. Um, Steam Power Giraffe. Never heard of that. I mean, I, I guess I mean out of like the bigger and like especially yeah, like the, the classic only, pop like, punk bands. The only thing I can think of is like people that came slightly after them. Like, um, Fall Out Boy does it a little bit on their early albums. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Take Back Sunday is fucking. Uh, I, I, well, I mean, yeah, that's true. But uh, brand new did a little bit of it. Yeah, but it was mostly just him with himself. Okay, yeah, yeah, like the same vibe of like call response type shit. Yeah, Taking Back Sunday is really. Which I mean, they're. I mean, I guess they're more like emo, but they have pop punk vibes. Up. But they're Americana. Grow up. <laughs> but yeah, they they are probably the only other bigger pop punk adjacent band that really does the dual vocals um yeah. but yeah it's really cool uh, more pop punk man should do it yeah i agree um and then we go to the title track california it's weird to bury the title track uh this far down in the album they, like, yeah realistically this is the final track uh, this essentially is the, the real closer mm-hmm. this was a joke song uh-huh. sorry for the spoilers for 30 seconds from now. Uh, yeah um the vocals are fucking overproduced it, this is the biggest, the biggest uh, offender of sounding like a Vocaloid. Yeah, this is my least favorite song on the album. Um, I I don't hate it, but it, it definitely like I, I 
I never need to hear it again. Like, I mean, it's... it's I, I think, instrumentally, it is fucking rad. I it mean... It's one of the most interesting songs coming to Blink. It's got trap snares. It's got fucking synths mm. and shit. I mean, it, it is... It is another... It's kind of kind of along the similar vein as Los Angeles, but not really. Like, it doesn't sound like that, but it also is kind of doing what that one did with, like, very limited guitars, yeah, a lot of different... Yeah, more hip-hop inspired. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I will give it that. It is it is yeah. different. Like, it's not just a generic song, but I, I don't know. It just doesn't really... I feel like... I it's... think the vocals ruin it. Mm-hmm. I, I like the chorus enough. I just feel like a lot of it's just trying to be really like a dramatic closing to the album and i just think it kind of falls a little flat in that regard um it just kind of meanders and goes not really doesn't go anywhere i don't know um but then we get to uh the the legal (laughs) closer of the album bohemian rhapsody (laughs) see it would be really funny if it was just like a straightforward note for note cover of bohemian rhapsody that would be fucking weird. Could you imagine Blink doing that? Uh, fucking famous <laughs> last words cover. Bohemian you just Rhapsody. fucking like Travis does the high pitched Galileo part. That would be fucking hilarious. But uh, have you heard the uh, famous last words I, version of? I did not know that was a thing. It's really good. Did they do it for a Pop Goes Punk? No. Or Punk Goes Pop? No. Huh. Okay. Uh, it's incredible. It's like pretty. It's I think it's from like a, a year or two ago. I think it might have been over the pandemic. Huh. I'll it's have to listen to it. Fucking incredible. I mean, I, I could I can see that because they're really like theatrical inspired. Bands. If you haven't listened to, I, we, I think we need a new segment on the podcast called "If You Haven't Listened To, Go Ahead" or something. Okay. Fucking better. <laughs> something better. Because like, there's a lot of like really small bands that like we just listen to because we're really into music. Or just good albums and shit in general that yeah, we but, can't uh, talk about because they don't suck. Yeah, listen <laughs> to. I know a lot of you have not, but listen to. Um, the fuck is the name of that album? But it's by the band is called Famous Last Words. And then let me fucking find it. Uh, the Two-Faced Charade by Famous Last Words. It is a concept album about a mentally ill man kidnapping a woman. Interesting. I've never listened to a full album by them. I only know, I only know songs. Okay. It's the one that has um, the, the fucking song that we found. Uh, when we originally got into them. Uh, fucking... Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it's oh, called, but I know what you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, this one, that that would be hilarious if it was a note-for-note note cover. But no, it's just another really short joke track that just has one punchline is the entire thing. But I will say, this one has a really cool, um, like, almost shreddy guitar yeah, part. Yeah, that's the big thing about it, is the fucking the killer riff. Yeah, and it's really similar to, um, I don't know if you've heard Eminem's from Cheshire Cat. It's been a while. Yeah, it's know. like... It, it, that's another shreddy song. It's like... It's just like really fucking... song, first date. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of it kind of gave me vibes of uh the m&m's riff uh which i really liked but yeah what does he say in this song it's like there's something about you that i can't quite put my finger in or something like that yeah there's something about you that i can't find my finger in <laughs> oh gay <laughs> got him <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like built this pool better i guess but the little shreddy part in this yeah is... i think this one's the better song uh, i don't think either of them are good jokes yeah <laughs> Uh, uh, seeing some naked dudes is kind of funny, I guess. Uh, I, I would have, it would have literally been funnier if they had just, like, taken the Vine clip of Anthony Padilla saying two, oh, two yeah. girls chilling in a hot tub five feet apart because they're not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, if they had done that for Bohemian Rhapsody but kept everything else, it would have been really good. Because, like, <laughs> like, I built this pool to see naked dudes, then two bros chilling in a hot tub five feet apart because they're not. <laughs> yeah. 
That'd be really funny. Yeah, that would have been pretty funny. I should be the joke writer for Blink-182. <laughs> yeah, they need to hire just a joke writer. Just mean. <laughs> I, I work one day every four years <laughs> and make a cool mill. <laughs> yeah, make make one or at the most two joke tracks per album. <laughs> um, oh, uh, favorite songs? Or do you want to start with least favorite? We can start with favorite. Um... Say cynical. Are we just going three? I think it's three is the normal amount for us. Uh-huh. Though, I think it's been a while. Yeah, this one's because I really like this album. This one's hard for me to come up with just three. Uh, cynical, Kings of the Weekend, and Los Angeles. But uh, she's out of her mind and bored to death are like right there for uh, me. It's, it's Kings of the Weekend. She's out of her mind. Rabbit Hole is also right there for me. And. I, th- I think just more than that, she's out of her mind and Kings of the Weekend. You're, okay. Uh, that's a solid top I three. I think those are the only three songs I liked enough to want to listen to outside of the album. Okay. Uh, least favorites for me is California is definitely my least favorite. And then Teenage Satellites and Home is Such a Lonely Place. Like, all three of them, I don't hate any of them, but they are... Like, every other song on the album, I mean, not counting the joke tracks, but everything else besides those three, like, I would go out of my way to listen to um, if I was in the mood. opinion, uh, my least favorite ones are Home is Such a Lonely Place, California, and Cynical. Damn. I still, I still think that's crazy. Like, like I said, when I was expecting you to give it a 1 out of 10, like, I was thinking, like, oh, yeah, Austin will probably give it a 1 out of 10, but say, oh, Cynical fucking is a banger, though. But, huh, I guess you're just... I'm just built different. I'm just built different. Keep on guessing. See, that's why you guys listen to this podcast. Because <laughs> no matter how much you fucking know me, you will never know what you I'm You will never know me. <laughs> uh, then, fuck, Mary kill. We're we're going Tom, Mark, and Travis. What okay, else? Okay, not, not Tom, Scott, and Skiba? Nah, Tom, Tom, Mark, and Travis. Okay, because it was Tom, Scott, and Skiba, I'm, I'm marrying and fucking Scott <laughs> and killing uh, Travis. You know, what? Because he's the worst drummer. It would make it convenient if they had another member that wasn't in the band anymore, so it could be Scott, Matt, and then some other person. But did they really not have anyone else? No. They've never had, like, a like a fourth guy that played with them on an album or two? No. Green Day does. Green Day has, like, a permanent fourth member now. Wait, no. No, I got you. Scott, Matt, and John Feldman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there um... we go. That's a good one. I am going to fuck Scott. Okay. He's the better drummer. Okay. And I might get something for drumming abilities. <laughs> Some ability. Uh, and I yeah, might, you'll have to jump off a balcony. Uh, yeah, I might get to break his feet. <laughs> he might be into that. Yeah, I was about he to say, yeah. become a king. Yeah, a foot breaking so I'm going to fuck Scott. Okay. Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to marry Feldman uh, because... Because Goldfinger's pretty everything sick. everything he can. <laughs> pretending he's a Superman. <laughs> yeah. He's and also he a spoke. Cool. He's also a spokesman. Mm. And he's here in your bedroom. <laughs> that he is. Uh, and I'm also going to marry Matt Skiba because uh, I have moved mm. to Utah. Okay. There we go. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to kill Scott. Because I was like, damn, you're going to kill Skiba? What the fuck? Does no, he- I'm going to fucking kill Scott and then marry the- Matt and Feldman. The fuck does Skibbity Boobop toilet do to you? <laughs> yeah, I would. I would marry Matt. I would fuck Feldman. I would kill Scott. Okay, not for the actual fuck, marry, kill of the main three. Tom, Mark, um, and Travis. Tom, Mark, and Travis. Uh, Tom has the funny voice. 
Mm-hmm. Where yeah, are you? <laughs> He's dead. This man single-handedly inspired like the next generation of pop punk vocals, though. Mayday Parade could have been better. <laughs> Fucking uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill Tom. Okay. Uh, I'm going to fuck Travis. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna marry Mark. Okay. Because I feel like Mark is the least dramatic. Tom is definitely the most dramatic. Yeah, and I think Travis. I think Travis, Travis is kind of there. He, he's a very. But he's also in bed with the Kardashians now. Yeah. So there's no such thing as not being dramatic in his life. Travis is fucking weird because he's like he's literally like the most like he's so quiet like he in interviews and shit like he's so quiet and he's so like soft spoken and he seems like such a chill just like fucking laid back dude. And he's like the most famous. Yeah, but then he has, like, all the fucking face tattoos and all that shit. And, yeah, he's, like, married to the Kardashians and fucking had his own reality show and shit. Like, I don't know, but then, like, when you see him, he just seems like a normal-ass fucking just chill dude. He's just a guy who's good at drones. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I guess I'm gonna go more personality slash music preference-based for my choice. I'm going to... Mary Mark, because, yeah, he seems like... He's the most I mean, he, earth. He I mean he's, me good. he's been married to his wife since, like, fucking 97 or yeah, something. Yeah, he treated me really well. Yeah, he's, he's, like, been with his wife for forever. Like, he just... He seems like he's just a really nice, fucking chill, great dude. I mean, all of them seem like cool dudes. Even though Tom's dramatic, I mean, he still seems like a chill dude. I... I sorry, I just gotta bring it up, because we didn't mention it once for the first time. Well, aliens, what? No, <laughs> with yeah, aliens? aliens? But also... <laughs> Um, the time when they, when Blink-182 was playing a show, and I think, like, San Diego or something, with the Skiba lineup, okay. and Tom hung out in the parking garage and played a free show during their set. <laughs> what the fuck? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's really fucking funny. That's weird. That's fu- That seems like something he would do. Um, I can't, I can't believe you hadn't fucking heard of that. It's Not. so fucking funny. That's funny. But yeah, I would marry Mark for sure, for sure. I would... I guess I would, I don't know. I guess I would fuck, I would fuck Tom, I guess. I don't know. You're gonna murder my man Scott? You mean Travis? No, he's worse Scott. <laughs> I, I don't know, I guess I'm gonna kill Travis. Damn, I mean, you're killing worse Scott. I mean, I like the dude, but I don't know, I guess I can't. Trust a man that's married to a Kardashian. Yeah, like that's the only reason like it wasn't Mary Travis. Yeah, but I don't know. All three of them are pretty sick dudes. I would marry all of them if I if I could. Good fuck, they like a sick fuck. <laughs> and then um, also for this episode, you don't have to do this because I don't think you have the fucking background with Blink that I do. But I'm going to give you an unsolicited album ranking from Blink real quick, just because there's no. I don't yeah, think. I can fucking figure one out. I don't think there's enough cringe lyrics to. Oh, there's not. They're like, there's not enough to merit that, so we're not going to do that. But, okay, so here we go. My album ranking from top to, or from uh, bottom to top is, coming in at number nine, is aptly nine. Like I said, still like five, five and yeah, a half. Yeah, sure, I'll give it that one. I've never listened to it. Yeah. No, we're on that one. But it's, it's so weird because whenever it came out like i remember people being like this fucking is like awful like we we want tom back but now like retrospectively like a lot of people say they like it more than california which Mm. is very weird like some people are like it's so underrated 
I think it's decent. Like I said, I'd give it like a five, but least favorite from them. Yeah, I, I see. I see what what Skiba did to ruin the band. What uh, nine also only has one explicit track. Mm. 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 He's a Christian. <laughs> yeah, I don't know because Alkaline Trio cusses, don't they? Yeah, I know. It's so. It's... I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe it was Feldman. Uh, Goldfinger. Because Goldfinger doesn't really cuss. Isn't Goldfinger a Christian band? No, they're not. A Christ- oh. They're definitely not a Christian band, but I feel like they don't. Who's that Christian ska band? Who fucking knows? Have you heard some Gimme Gimmies? No. <laughs> Big D in the kids' table. I don't know. Mighty Mighty Boston's. No. <laughs> uh, sublime. They're definitely Christian. <laughs> um, but yeah, so nine is that number nine for me. The number eight, I'm going Cheshire Cat. That's probably an unpopular opinion. Um, still really good. I mean, literally nine is like a five out of. Uh, Five out of ten, and then Cheshire Cat and on everything is like seven and a half out of ten at the lowest. Um, then I'll uh, number seven, California. I'm going with that. Right above that is Neighborhoods. Then right above that is their newest album, One More Time. It took me a long while to decide what I like better between Neighborhoods and One More Time. It was very hard because I love both of them, but. Yeah, like, starting with Neighborhoods, like, my rating for all these albums goes to, like, a 9 out of 10, because, like, I fucking love everything after that. But, yeah, I think I like One More Time a little bit more than Neighborhoods. Then we got to uh, Enema of the State is actually my number four. Then Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Then Dude Ranch. Then Self-Titled. That's my ranking. Uh, I'm gonna go off the top of my dome. Ranking only the... We're gonna start by ranking the ones I haven't listened to yet. Okay, that's that's uh, a good way to so, start. Uh, nine neighborhoods, one more time in that order. Okay. Because I'm, I'm I'm agreeing with you now. <laughs> um, then we go to um, so then my ranking is California, Cheshire Cat, Enema, Dude Ranch, self-titled Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, dude, literally all their albums from Dude Ranch to self-titled like that those four albums have all been my favorite at one point for them like it it really could change like i think self-titled has been my favorite from them for a while like once that became my favorite that stayed my favorite yeah but like the next three spots are pretty interchangeable like at one point i would have said take off your pants and jacket was easily my second favorite but i don't know dude ranch just has like has that really good punk feel skate punk feel of cheshire cat yeah. while being more so you know kind of being more pop punk i don't know I, but i mean like i said literally i don't hate any album by them even nine like i i just listened to it for the first time like right after i listened to california for this so like two weeks ago and i mean it's it's decent like i, I, I don't listen think... to, i don't listen i need to listen to nine and i guess one more time well definitely listen to one more time listen to neighborhoods Oh, I need to listen to Neighborhoods. You, you okay. definitely need to listen I, to... I know I've listened to Neighborhoods, but I think it was just the one time. Mm-hmm. You definitely need to listen to Neighborhoods, Dog Eating Dogs, and One More Time. Like, listen to Nine if you want to, but I would say, like, you can skip it. Like, it's it's What the decent. fuck is this? My age again, a Millie. Yeah, it's cringe. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, it. I don't know, it's just hard, though, because it's like Neighborhoods has some of my favorite... Like, Neighborhoods is probably the most, like, grown-up and emo- well other than self-titled like it's just yeah it's just emotional album and like it has i don't know it all of their shit's amazing but it's just hard because it's like neighborhoods has some of my favorite blink songs but i don't know 
They're just such a good band. I fucking love them. Like... Yeah, they're a really good band. Yeah. Like, I mean... Like you were saying... Uh, what were you saying earlier about Green Day and Blink? Were you asking me which one I would say is... Yeah. Which I like better? <sighs> like... I think overall... Overall discography, Blink is a better band. More consistent. I... But if you take from Green Day's first album... Like, I, I love Green Day's first two albums more than if you want to count Buddha and Cheshire Cat as Blink's first two albums. I think 1039, Smooth Out Slappy Hours, whatever the fuck it's called, and Kerplunk from Green Day, like, knock those out of the park. Like, I fucking love those. Classic era, like, Dookie to Warning for... <clears throat> or Dookie to American Idiot for Green Day, and then Dude Ranch to Self-Titled for Blink are pretty comparable for me. Like, I would say those are about equal for me. But then post-American Idiot for Green Day and post-Self-Title for Blink, like, I think Blink's newer shit is, like, 20 times better yeah, than Green I Day's think, newer shit. I think Blink overall is better. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think at the heights, Green Day is better. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, it's I'll... the same thing. Like, it's the same thing when you ask me to, if I like, if I think The Used or MCR is better. I think The Used overall is a better band. I think at its height, MCR is a better band. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think it is one of those things. But yeah, it's just hard. I love both bands. Both very near and dear to my heart. But my art. <laughs> I almost said that like Tom. My art. My art. My art. My aorta. But uh, yeah, all that being said, uh, I don't know how long this fucking episode is. I feel like we've been going on forever. Not that long. Really? Uh, hour 40. Oh, okay. Um, got down in editing. Yeah. Uh, here's a secret, friends. We edit. Well, we don't. No, we don't. I I pay a guy to edit. Yeah, exactly. Cool guy. I like him. <laughs> we play D&D &D together. Listen to my D&D &D podcast. Dreadpod. <laughs> but uh, what would you rate California? Uh, what are the aggregate scores? Yeah, oh, fuck. Fucking, God. We, we've not done this in like three weeks. Gosh dang it, y'all. I forgot. Um, I guess go ahead and give your score real quick while I'm looking this up. This might take a second. <sighs> okay. Um, uh, so I, it's hard for me to give a score without the aggregate score, though. <laughs> Don't be a bitch. I need to know what other people think about it so I can tell them how wrong they are. Oh my god. I'm gonna guess, without looking, I'm guessing 2.32. Out of 5? Yeah. Motherfucker, why does California not pop up? It was popping up the subtitles. Oh, I was close. 2.22. I okay, was 10 off. 4.44. That's low. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree. I think the album gets a 6.182. Mmm, nice. That's right. The actual, it's 6.9 is what I actually wanted to do. No, bro. 6.9. I, I will say 7.75. 7 7.75. Yeah, I think this is an album worth listening to. I think so. Like, I... I, I just really I, I, don't, I don't know and I'm I feel like I feel a little validated that you like it as well because I was like nostalgia probably plays some part but I'm like even putting that aside like if I just like you like I mean I know you listen to it once but even if I only listened to it once back then or didn't listen to it at all I feel like if like going into this I feel like I would have still really liked it I was it. really because like I said I fucking hated this album when it came out <clears throat> I thought it was one of the worst pop punk albums I'd ever listened to uh, but also, you can't trust my opinion on music back then because I liked Man Overboard. Yeah. They have one good song. They. I yeah. really like. I really like uh, Love Your Friends Die Laughing. No, that's a great song. Yeah. I at that that same year I listened to that album. It was like this is, 
This is perfect pop punk. No, also, but I mean, they were the ones that coined that generic pop yeah. punk. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty mid. <laughs> yeah, they're really bad. Yeah, they weren't that good at all. Like they were. They were basically real friends, but not as good. I only like one EP from Real Friends. Well, I mean, I'm, that's why I'm saying like they're not yeah. the best. Like they're they're all right too. Neck deep and the story so far and shit like that is definitely way better. Uh, Puff Punk. Like the more aggressive yeah. pop punk, I guess. But either way, that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I would say like if you're a Blink fan, you probably already have an opinion on this album. But I would say even if you if you heard it when it first came out and haven't listened to it since, I'd say give it another try. Give it try. some fresh ears. Like, like if you haven't listened to this song or this song, this album in a few years, or if you've never listened to it and you avoided it because like you got into Blink later on than most people in this album had already been out. You already knew about it or whatever. Yeah. You just missed it. Just fucking listen to it. Yeah, and I mean, if you were one of the people that was like, oh, it can't be Blink without Tom. He's back now. Get over yourself. It listen can, to it. It can be Blink without Tom. Yeah, that's it like... Could, like... If it could be Avenged Sunfold without The Rev, or it can be Leonard Skinner without any of those fuckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Literally, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's like he's back in the band now. They have an album out. The album that is out now is fucking great. So it's like, you know, go back and give it a chance now. Like, I think it's worth listening to. Like, yeah, listen to this and uh, listen to um, whatever album title I called that one earlier. <laughs> Two Face Charade by Famous Last Words. Mm-hmm. Listen to that. Um, and listen to my D&D podcast, uh, Dread Pod. It's fun. It's a horror D&D campaign. You'll like it. Uh, we will catch you next week with, we probably should re-record one of these episodes. <laughs> I was about to say, lost. probably something that's going to be re-recorded. So. <laughs> okay, that gives us time. We can start making a backlog of notes. Mm. I should do this off camera. <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya.